You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Welcome to today's Dietitian Connection podcast. My name is Marie Ferguson and I'm the director and founder of Dietitian Connection. It's my great pleasure today to have Amy Smith with us and Amy is a recently appointed CEO of the Good Foundation and I'm so excited that she's got this new position and looking forward to talking to her today about all about it. Previously, Amy was the Director and Chief Marketing Officer of Dynamic, which is a business that Karen Inge is involved with. It's a meal service business. And prior to that, Amy was the Head of Marketing at Grilled and prior to that, the CEO of Jenny Craig. So, Amy has a wealth of knowledge and experience, particularly in the marketing space, in the nutrition and health arena. So, it's so wonderful to have you join us today, Amy. And we did have a lot of, we did just have a few Skype issues. So, thank you for your patience and getting through that with me. Technology is failing us today, but we've got it to work. So, welcome and thanks so much for your time just prior to Christmas for us recording it. No problem. So, we'll jump straight in. Um, you know, congratulations on your new role. It's it's so exciting. And, you know, the, the foundation is involved in transforming Australia's food habits. So, you know, what's going to be your – there's so much you could do. What will you focus on first? Well, I think um, where ministry has been to date, um, we've had great success in teaching nearly 40,000 people how to cook from scratch since about 2011. And that's through a series of – five, seven, ten-week courses. So I think we, we've managed to prove that it's worked um, and that the people who've been through the courses are eating better, but also they've got increased kind of sociability skills, they're connected, they're proud, they're sharing recipes, uh, they're more confident in cooking. So my first objective is to really uh, scale ministry and to reach more people. And for that, it means um, not working necessarily out of fixed locations, particularly where we're unable to travel. It means looking at different formats, looking at pop-ups, looking at collaborations. I've got the most fabulous people who work for Jamie's ministry. They have fabulous red aprons. They are all trained and ready to go. So really, um, at the moment, I would like us to be uh, scaling it up and traveling the country and, and present simultaneously in every state. We have been in every state with the exception of Tasmania, but never at the same time. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, and I guess Jamie's always talking about bringing cooking skills back um, because it's a lost art. And I think we're seeing the evidence of that. So we're not just talking about pretty cooking classes. We're actually teaching people what food is. And um, and I think, you know, when you look at some of the really big issues we've got from an adult perspective around diabetes and, um, and some of the work that really needs to be done addressing uh, nutritious uh, and delicious eating, we've, we've got plenty of work to do. The second thing that I want to do um, is really address adolescent and childhood, at, even at primary school um, level. I think, you know, although the curve has plateaued, what hasn't plateaued is the extreme end of that curve of childhood obesity. And that is very scary for me. Um, I think that 
you know, there's no point having, you know, this generation living longer if they're going to be living, you know, in a in a way that they're ill. And so I think um, having sat recently with a group of kids and asked them where the vitamins come from and they said the supermarket, you know, and I asked them to name a, a vegetable and they named the potato, you know, and I think we, we're probably at a point now where kids don't really know where food comes from. They don't know what to do with it. They're, they're coming from homes that are really not cooking from scratch and so they don't really understand what their little bodies need and how fresh fruit and veg can really power them. And I think there's a massive opportunity for us. We're launching a pilot in 20 schools in uh, January and happily, thanks to you, um, we've got a, a wealth of people who've applied to facilitate incursions in schools, um, looking at how we can introduce kids to seasonal ingredients and teach them in really fun ways what they are, what to do with them and how to make them at home. Objective is to get 2 million kids having half a cup more fruit and veg a day and we'll probably make little cute cups. Um, and I don't think we'll have any trouble getting them to eat beetroot. They all love the beetroot because it made their pee pink. <laughs> And I was thinking it doesn't matter as long as they're laughing. I mean, they all ran off to the loo to look at each other's pee. And then we had mum saying, why am I getting being told by my kids to buy beetroot? I'm like, because they want to do pink pee. Mm -hmm. But whatever it takes, we've got to engage them. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Stephanie Alexander's program. I think um, teaching them what food is and where it comes from and how to grow it is wonderful. Collaborating potentially even with them on reaching as many schools as possible on what to do with it. Um, and then at the other end, teaching grown-ups, you know, how to start taking those wonderful healthy intentions into into behaviours. So, mm. And then the third thing is is Indigenous health, where we clearly have some massive issues and to close the gap I think and I really believe that um, ministry with its, you know, hands-on approach, if we get up into some of those communities, we can make a massive difference. Yeah, there's so many opportunities and, you know, lots of different areas that you can go into. And I know that the, the Good Foundation Azura and the ministry have already done some amazing things. So could you talk about how Australians' lives have already been affected by the work that you've your team's already doing? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 things that I look at, um, forty thousand people to go through a program. When you think about how they have committed and stuck with the sort of seven week program, whatever, they've gone home to their families. Um, we've actually had uh, both Deakin and Melbourne Uni produce a couple of studies that have proven, you know, the health impact. But also, I guess that that other thing that is one of the reasons why I love Jamie and I love everything he stands for because it is all about simple. It's all about enjoyment. It's about taste. It's about colour. And it's about, you know, people feeling proud and confident enough to, to do this. Um, you know, it doesn't have to involve goji berries and, you know, inaccessible ingredients or expensive ingredients. Um, one of the things that I think the 40,000 Australians who have been through these courses have been most surprised about is that they haven't had to spend any more money and teaching them how to swap or exchange ingredients. So you know, giving them that skill set, that reassurance that it's actually affordable to have healthy food and to know what to do with it and be able to cook it. Um, I can't imagine a world where I'm not cooking. I, I take for granted that I'm able to just whip things up and, and, and enjoy it and have people around. 
Um, I think there's a massive job to do to connect people at the moment who are feeling isolated. We're doing some extraordinary work and pilots with uh, Stockland in retirement villages, independent living, and we're working designing programs that really encourage um, older people to cook together. We find that a lot of them go into these homes and their families might visit once or twice a week and the rest of the time they're just on their own. So we're going into these uh, wonderful places to do seasonal eating and get them cooking together and it's making a massive impact. So that's another huge thing that I'd love to roll out nationally. The kids program, I just think we've got a massive knowledge gap uh, and I think if we redefine the next generation's yummy through engaging and entertaining them um, and explaining what superpowers exist within real food, get them off processed food um, and feeling the benefit of that, um, then, you know, that then sets them up for those tough years when they hit sort of teenage them where suddenly the lunchboxes are coming back, not eaten, and, you know, they really just um, get very ad hoc about what they eat and what they don't. I'm hoping that if we can get them before that, that, you know, we can actually install some healthy habits so at least there's some consistency, you know, and they're coming from a base. We've done a lot of stuff um, in schools already um, and we're talking at the moment um, with a couple of schools about potentially taking on their canteens, actually doing two maybe three lunches a week where we serve food and then ministry teaching kids from 12 onwards um, and them actually being able to cook food for each other. So I think this idea of once you have this skill, being able to either pay it forward or pass it on is very much Jamie's philosophy. Mm. Um, the other area, having, you know, talked with the Heart Foundation, the Cancer Council, I think we probably also want to, in collaboration partnership, um, with some of those organisations is, is to look at some of the really uh, interesting stuff that's coming up. Food and mood in particular, I think, and gut health is is a critical thing. Um, I'd love to sort of explore how we could collaborate and do some classes on that. Um, healthy heart cooking, you know, the Heart Foundation um, are doing some fabulous work. But, you know, really what we tend to see is people reverting back to behaviours that they had before they had their heart operation. They're not exactly changing um, the way they eat. Uh, so, you know, working with them to kind of create or at least set families up who are going through, you know, that sort of stuff with the skills to, to have healthy heart cooking, um, balanced, balanced kind of eating and then, you know, obviously diabetes is a huge area. So I sort of want to, you know, if I said the three things are going mobile, tackling primary school, you know, edible education back on the curriculum and then looking at how we can evolve into health spaces in collaboration with, 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 uh, with organisations such as yourself and the others, those are all really big opportunities, I think, um, for us to, to evolve ministry. And, and obviously Jamie is the person that is, uh, I guess, on this mission. But I think we have to operate little and local. Woolworths have been the most fabulous supporters. You know, they've donated all the food for the pilot. They've donated all the food for ministry. We wouldn't have been able to put Australians through this program without that food. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of really good people behind this program who really want to see change. 
Yeah, and it's definitely all about partnerships, isn't it? Like you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. And even recently, you know, I went to this um, public health forum in, in Victoria and, you know, that idea of closed systems, I think we're all struggling to find funding, you know, as not-for-profits, we're all struggling and doing some very worthy work. But, you know, sitting there on our own, when you know, I went and saw Stephanie Alexander's people and their lovely new CEO, Rebecca, yesterday, and I thought, you know, it's absolutely crazy that we're not collaborating and finding ways to have a joint strategy. Fish and Australia are doing some extraordinary work, you know, um, and, the, and the Victorian state government has an objective of getting half a cup more fruit and veg in every Victorian child, um, and that's our objective. Um, Amy, you, you've shared a number of success stories with me. Uh, can you share your most favourite success story from the work that Jamie's Ministry of Food program has done to date? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that is really tough, as you know, is to prove long-term behavioural change. So that to me um, is a really big deal that, that we were able to actually publish a paper on it and that we were able to prove that through research that, you know, people uh, purchased and consumed more vegetables, were more confident in cooking meals and spent less on takeaway foods and their health markers um, actually, you know, went up. So for ministry, I'm really proud of that. I think um, some of the other stuff that um, has been really, really great is the work that we've done with the Indigenous population. We had a program um, with the Queensland Mobile Kitchen um, uh, in Mossman Gorge and we worked in very close consultation with the community groups up there addressing uh, food and, and, and I guess the tradition kind of that's local to the region, acknowledging um, in a really respectful way the culture and heritage uh, kind of issues. But this idea of closing the gap, um, you know, they didn't want us doing um, what I call, you know, Indigenous cooking. They they wanted to really understand how with the food that they could access um, that, that we could engage community and look at how we could um, basically help Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across the country who are now requesting the program understand basic cooking skills. Um, and, and I think that's a really uh, something that, that we really want to continue. Um, I also uh, have to say that the kids' incursions and the stuff that we've done, you know, on a softer level, we've got um, kids cooking with older people, some of them grandparents, but some of them not related. And one of the most extraordinary things is watching that happen in front of you, you know, and even if they're just cooking a pavlova, which I know isn't the healthiest thing, or learning how to make a bruschetta, I just really believe that there's um, a massive opportunity to address social exclusion, um, to bring back senses of connectedness and community through creating programs that, you know, people want to engage with. Um, the diabetes classes that we run, and we've been running, you know, everywhere, but say in Geelong, uh, many of them um, if you said, you know, come for a checkup and, you know, sit in a, in a kind of clinical environment, um, they're not that, they're not that motivated to do it. You say, come to a cooking class and cook with other people who have what you have and learn how to shop and prepare things. You know, we have a fantastic response. So I look at that and I think, you know, we've got 2.4 million Australians affected by diabetes every day and it costs about, you know, what is it, $15 billion. 
Um, it's a massive challenge for us. It's it's someone every five minutes developing it. Um, so I think that, you know, from a range of actual cooking skills in, in areas that need it to social skills to uh, that kind of spectrum, bit, bit by bit, what I'm most proud of is that we are one of the very few, if not the only ones, who are teaching skin on skin, as Jamie says. Um, this is specifically what it is, what you do with it, and how to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I think that work is, is – uh, I'm not saying that visits to dietitians and nutritionists are not joyful. Please don't get no. me No, we're all about food is joy and, you know, food is so much more than food as you've, as you've talked about. Absolutely. And I think the partnerships, you know, as I said, Woolworths, um, you know, they really want to raise the health of the nation. They're doing some very good work to kind of democratise fresh ingredients, make healthier choices more available Um but ultimately, you know, translating that into behaviour is really, really tough. Um, and I think backing us has made a huge difference. Queensland Health, we've done stuff with Queensland Health, with Vic Health. Um, governments are really trying to do this. Uh, they, they, they try where they can. Um, and I think it's tough for them because preventative health is, is a long, hard road. But we've, we've managed to partner successfully with and then we have, you know, property groups like Stockland whose whole point of difference is around community and, you know, they are so committed. The, the, the pilots that we're running in retirement villages are Stockland uh, retirement villages and, you know, they are absolutely 100% um, supportive of making those communities not just live in better conditions but feel better, you know, make them places where, you know, sociability and community and connectedness are really important. Um and, you know, we've got universities who've come along. The Edith Cowan University have been amazing in their support as well. So I, I just, I see a lot of people, you know, one of the best things about this job is that, you know, I don't ever go into a meeting feeling like no one is interested or wants me there. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's about how do we collaborate, how do we get aligned to deliver something where a one plus one equals three. So speaking of that, I know dietitians would love to be involved. So any ideas on how they could be involved in promoting and supporting the work of the foundation? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we're going to go mobile, then we're going to need to think about a national presence. I've got some very, very good teams, but by no means um, from a volunteer basis do I have enough to cover the country. Um, I would absolutely love to hear from people who would like to get involved. Many, many people have um, through your uh, your channels, Marie, have gotten involved in, and applied to be facilitators um, for the Learn Your Fruit and Veg program, which, you know, in, in theory, and we're fingers crossed, will go off without a hitch uh, or maybe not that big a hitch. And, um, and the schools will absolutely love it because it's not asking anything more of them and that we can roll that out nationally. And that would mean we need a lot more facilitators. Um, and, uh, and then what happens is they get accredited through a portal, they get a kit, and then we we basically match them with the schools that they live near, and then really they're they're up and away, and that would be fantastic. Um, people who are doing specific uh, studies in the areas of um, I guess food and mood of um, well obesity at, at any case, but diabetes and 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 looking at things like um, childhood obesity, you know, those are the sort of things that I think are speaking with um, Professor Helen Truby, who's done some wonderful work when I was at Jenny Craig and published, you know, the, the most fantastic paper on, um, you know, does does 
uh, a program that involves, you know, sort of things like accountability and, and education, um, does it create long-term change in, in adolescence? And she absolutely, uh, through through designing that with, with the Jenny Craig team, proved that it did and published. And I said to her yesterday, you know, I want to go even younger now. I want us to be able to really prove this. I want to be able to give governments what they really need, which is, you know, does it work and what does it need in order to be successful? Mm. Um so people who are kind of in that space, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear from. And I'm, I, uh, I've got Toby Puddock and a number of other chefs who um, are really generously donating their time. Um, I think that we'll get there through terrific um, momentum through, you know, the people that have come on board, but really looking at collaborating and partnering um with people who are passionate about it, you know, and who want to make a difference. Mm. Well, dietitians are definitely passionate. And I know you've worked with quite a few of them over the years, um, in particular communicating the benefits of healthy eating. Yeah. You've, and you've mentioned Helen Shruby, and I know you've worked with Karen Inge. Is there any other learnings that you've had from them along the way that will continue to influence your work with the foundation? Um, look, I think dietitians are, you know, probably, you know, the greatest secret weapon and, and one of the things that um, I, I just think people don't realise is that um, they can absolutely play that role of helping you evolve uh, to kind of whether it's life stage eating or whether you want to try different things and see if it works. One of the challenges I think is, you know, people see dietitians as, you know, I'll go to one when I get sick. Um, my thoughts have always been, why don't you actually <laughs> engage uh, with dietitians before you get sick and perhaps look at how with you specifically, um, whether it's your metabolism, your lifestyle, your circumstances, your age, um, you know, what, what are the things that they can do to help? Um, and I think from a dietitian point of view, um, you know, there has to be a general acceptance that that people are wanting to try different things, um, they can absolutely help them do that in a, in a safe way and not missing out on vital nutrients and things that they need um, if they do want to experiment with, you know, the 5-2 diet or whatever it is. I think, I think expecting people to just not do anything like that is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've got to accept that, you know, nearly half of all Australians are experimenting in some way with some sort of dietary or lifestyle um, choice and whether it's, you know, because they are celiacs or they just believe that gluten-free is better, I I kind of feel like um, dietitians are the source of truth and that that should not be something that's seen as scary or preachy. It it needs to be something that... um, maybe is a little bit more Jamie-esque in that kind of, you know, get give it a try. Here mm-hmm. are the things that you need to know before you do. Here are the things to kind of experiment with and be aware of. I would love to Jamie-esque dietitians. I know. <laughs> um, but well, I'd- I mean, he, he's, it's funny, isn't it, because he's just done a, um, a nutrition degree mm-hmm. and he's very fired up about, about this. Um, and I think there's a lot to learn um because he challenges the status quo and because you know he he kind of breaks paradigms that aren't working and offers you know solutions to things just because of the way it's communicated and i think a lot of it is 
a communication issue. Mm. So you and I have talked quite a bit about that. And with your marketing background, how do you think dietitians can better market themselves to stand out in what's such a nutrition, a busy nutrition space? I think that, um, you know, really being perceived as before before things go wrong, um, being perceived as, you know, the people that can work with you and alongside you. Um, I, I think when I, when I look at some of the biggest things, you know, the Michelle Bridges and, and some of the work that's been done, um, you know, there's a lot, even from my Nike days, there's a huge desire for people to have, you know, connectedness and connectedness that helps them be mindful, helps them make better choices, helps them measure effectiveness, you know. Um, I look at Fitbits and, you know, going from pedometers to Fitbits and people, I think people want to do it, you know, but they don't realise that maybe there's two or three little things that just keep tripping them up, you know, and they might not even be aware of it. Um, One of the secrets of the Jenny Craig program was really identifying those two or three things and getting onto that to change that before we did anything else. Um, and that was a one-on-one process where there's a lot of discussion around where you're at in your life, describe a day, what do you do, when does it all go pear-shaped, what does that look like. Um, what it wasn't was judgmental. It was not preachy and it certainly um, was delivered in most instances um, with a lot of humanity and sensitivity and quite a bit of humour. So people aren't going to do it if they feel crap um, before, during and after. So I think the perception of dietitians probably um, needs to evolve into a space that, that, that doesn't feel quite so serious, not trivialising what you do, but is something that, that people feel is more approachable and accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing, you know, technology and the way you could be using technology, the way you could be, um, when I think about the girls at the Biting Truth or a lot of the people who are doing some really interesting work, it's all it's all looking at that kind of technology space and how to connect people who have the same desire um, and then use them, whether it's for live research or to, to mobilise and, 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 and gain momentum in certain areas. Um, dietitians, I think... Uh, individually do some extraordinary things, but I wouldn't say as a group um, are, are perhaps identifiable. Uh, and people, you know, people love all of that. People love to sort of see how do they live, what do they do, um, you know, what's their favourite recipe. Mm. Oh, my God, I love that too. How can I have that but healthier? So you know, really personalising it and... Well, I yeah. think you've got yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, now our biology has become our ideology, mm-hmm. you know, and our kids, my kids are teenagers and, you know, so I've occasionally not worn my glasses in the supermarket and God forbid bought cage eggs without realising it. And, you know, my children have called me a chicken murderer. I mean, <laughs> I, I just didn't ever think about these things. When I was growing up, I was just grateful that there were eggs in the fridge. But, um, but you know, they really do take this stuff around sustainability, around ethics, around no waste, around the source of ingredients, around local. You know, healthy doesn't just mean healthy weight anymore. It, it means so much more on so many other sort of dimensions from belief systems to your social status. It's, it's a huge, uh, hugely different proposition than it was even 10 years ago 
And I think we've got to accept that, you know. I, I think we've got to accept that for people that stuff is really important and go with it, you know, and say that's all cool but this is still the basic knowledge that you need and this is still how your body works and this therefore means that if you don't do that, you need to supplement it a bit with that and off you go. Yeah, and you've obviously gathered a lot of that information from all the different leadership positions you've had in different industries prior. Are there other things that you've learnt from those jobs that you think will help you steer the good foundation into the future? Um, I really think that um, passion and purpose and connecting people to a cause is probably the single most motivating thing I think if I want to be famous or this organisation, not me personally, but if ministry is to be famous, it's it's to it's to pretty much deliver on what Jamie has done, um, which is to be perceived as the nation's doers. You know, we're the most credible doers. We get in there, we don't talk, but we just we get in there and we actually roll our sleeves up and we do it, um, and we are going to scale that up and be much more visible doing it. Um, because it makes a difference. And I think people have a lot of information. They get told a lot of things. They get a lot of pamphlets. They get a lot of leaflets. Not a lot is done to actually physically get them in an immersed experience that's joyful, not judgmental, where they're, they're learning something that they enjoy um, and that actually results in, you know, great-tasting food. We keep talking about grams and nutrients, and I'm like, we don't eat nutrients. I yeah. I want to nourish and I want to taste and I want to feel like I've had something great, you know, um, that it should be a celebrated thing, not something that I want to think about from a deprivation point of view or I want to come at it from a, you know, I need to have less. Um, I, I think we've got to show people how to have joy in this and ministry is about that. Um, I've been talking about how can we theme different months? If February is the month of love, <laughs> then, you know, what can we do around foods that make your skin great and, you know, make you feel, you know, perky? Um, how can we get people cooking together who don't know each other, you know? Do we have singles nights at ministry and we we basically get dietitians to come and explain this stuff but get couples cooking together? Yeah, um, It'd be hilarious. Love it. Um, You know, I'd probably sign up for that rather than a speed dating thing where there's no other activity but going, well, yes, no, yes, no. Mm -hmm. If I was going for a cooking class, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think there's something there. Definitely. You know, France and, and Italy, I've lived in both places, they have much lower obesity rates because they're cooking cultures, they're family cultures, um, and they spend a lot of time, you know, in markets and buying fresh food. They don't do processed food to the level that we do. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for us to to have a lot of fun along the way and reframe what healthy is for people, um, you know, in a way that they can really enjoy it. Mm. And that's really Jamie's mission, isn't it? So Totally, yeah. totally. And, you know, dietitians are massive fans of Jamie and I, I think I'm his number one fan, as you know. <laughs> Well, he did write back to you. On he Instagram. did write back to me on Instagram, and I was yeah. very fortunate to meet him this year. And he's just as charming and lovely in person as he as he is on TV and in the media. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, look, the thing that is tough for him, with obviously very many children and commitments, is you know he doesn't live here, but there are 
you know, a, a lot of really great people here who volunteered for, for ministry who I'm going to say yes to now, um, who from chefs to, you know, dietitians to, because I think that, um, you know, we have to have a local movement here. Um, we can't just wait for Jamie to do it. You know, we, we've got to do it ourselves. Um, and um, I mean, this is probably the, the most excited I've ever been in any job. Is, yes. You know, the, the, <laughs> my first not-for-profit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when when my beautiful Mel, who runs me, the office in the world, basically says, you can't spend that on postage. I'm like, why not? <laughs> but I'll get used to that. Um, I, I think there's going to be, I think next year's going to be a really, really exciting time. It certainly will be, and yeah, we're totally envious of your your, your new role. Um, and I know Jamie's expected to come out again next year to Australia, which I think he considers his second home. Yep. Uh, what topics do you hope to discuss with him on his next visit? Um, I think what I'd love to do is, on the basis that the Learn Your Fruit and Veg program rolls out uh, nationally, uh, I think getting edible education back on the curriculum and how we can actually then help schools evolve as he's done their canteens or tuck shops, I think that's a really important thing. I think ministry uh, going, you know, not just basic cooking skills but evolving into cooking to address some of the biggest health issues that we've got and collaborating um, and how we can, you know, evolve in, in that space. I'd love him to get up to, say, the Northern Territory or some of the Indigenous areas and, and look at how we can, um, I guess, you know, approach the model slightly differently there because that's a lot about, you know, cooking with the food that you can actually get access to and perhaps working um, not just with cooking but having nutritionists present in a mobile ministry up there to provide tutorials, information. Maybe we, we also set up, you know, um, with some other specialists to do, you know, particularly around the area around diabetes, um, we do some, some, some specific work in that area. And, I, I you know, I, I haven't spoken to him about any of this, so he's probably going to listen to this and go, oh, my God. <laughs> but they're the sort of things that I think we really need to do. And I think we should be... I think we should be open to the idea of cooking in CBD locations. Um, money has to come from somewhere. And if I can teach, you know, some mums how to cook, you know, for kids with allergies, for example, and that can help subsidise a disadvantaged person going through a ministry course or a child completing, you know, four classes of learn your fruit and veg, then I think that that's a good thing to do. So I'm now looking at, you know, who can donate kitchen time, um, you know, what chefs would be prepared to donate proceeds from any of their classes, you know, to, to make that happen, to reach that that goal of um, of getting 2 million kids eating half a cup more fruit and veg and, and how can we make, I guess, um, an impact on some of those more adult uh, chronic areas we, we we can't rely on governments um, and funding is, you know, is always our toughest challenge. Mm. So um, that's that's probably, you know, where I'm sitting now going, we've got some great partners on board, but it needs to be a continuous uh, process where people are joining and committing to the ministry. Um, and for that, they've got to get something out of it too, you know. They've mm. got to be able to look at how they can be part of it and have a legacy piece for themselves. Yeah, and when I met Jamie, I think what I was impressed with was his passion. You know, his passion it just oozed out of him for nutrition. Um, so 
Are there things yeah. things that you've learnt from him that you think will transform you as a leader? And to end with, maybe impact your cooking at home. <laughs> um, I think um, one of the best things about him, um, and I don't know him personally, so you know this is going to be interesting. Um, um, but I know Toby reasonably well in fact my father used to teach Toby Paddock at school and he and Matt Skinner and dad reckons they were quite naughty Mm -hmm. um and you know so we've 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 known each other for for a while he's good mates with my youngest brother and we connected those dots and haven't stopped laughing since um I I think Jamie's sense of humor is fantastic Mm -hmm. and I think you know if I look at the work that I did from Magda to Mel B with Jenny Craig and a lot of the work that I did in revamping uh, grilled restaurants and storytelling, bringing that sense of, you know, humanity and humour, um, making things easier, not harder, um, appreciating that people have enough to do, they really don't need to be adding more on their to-do lists, and that skill gaps are not because they are useless and hopeless. It is simply a skill that needs to be taught and to do that, it needs to be done in a really positive way without, you know, saying, well, you know, there's anything wrong with you. You just you just haven't been taught. Um, so I think, you know, I, it took me years to learn French, you know, and if I didn't practice uh, and couldn't speak French, you know, for the I couldn't blame a French teacher because ultimately it's down to how much you want to do it. But you need you need to be taught. Jamie manages to do that in a way that is so engaging that people who would never even have thought of cooking, men, a lot of men in Australia, and 30% of the people who've done ministry courses are men, um, you know, they want to do it. They want to try it. And I feel like if people have that attitude when they engage with him and the sort of content, then we've got a chance, mm. you know. We've, we've absolutely got a chance to 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 get people doing it um, and they might not do it every night, but, you know, if they don't get Domino's pizza two nights a week and they decide to cook a pizza with real natural ingredients instead, well, we've we've won, haven't we? I mean, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Not, not meaning that Domino's, are, you know, I don't know anyone at Domino's, but I'm saying that takeaway and, and processed food and discretionary foods are a problem. They're a problem. Yes, and I've I've got um Jamie's latest book, Five Ingredients, sitting here in front of me. It's the third book that I've been given for Christmas. <laughs> so people know how much I love him. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, there you go. We've got to try and get him to sign one of them. Oh, yes, we need to get one signed. Um, <laughs> so have you had a chance to what would be your tips from him in, in the cooking at home? Well, look, again, um, I think very practical, mm-hmm. very practical. You, you know, the, the, the thing I like about five ingredients is that it's also great if you're, if you're on a budget and there's no waste and you can pretty much do it without a lot of fancy heating and cooling and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that really ticks the box of, you know, I want it and I want it now and I want it to look good. Um, I think that um, the, the magic of that book is that I've watched men pick it up not just women, men pick it up and go, oh, I could do that. Um, so, for example, I'm getting the kids to cook five ingredients with me because they can do that. Um, and I think that um, there's a real opportunity for us to just simplify what is quite complex nutritional information, um, assume that those recipes, many of them obviously have been 
done with their nutrition team. So you know that it's going to be balanced. You know that it's going to be good. You really just then have all the hard work done for you. With all of his books, it's pretty much the same thing. All you have to do is get it. And the ingredients are accessible. I think there's one ingredient that I looked at and I thought, what's that? Mm -hmm. But everything else I looked at in that book and thought, that's all readily available. It might not be in the Northern Territory, but readily available in most um, urban locations. You know, you don't really even have to go to, you know, super duper um, health food shops and stuff like that. So, I guess I love what he does with just what I call the hero ingredients um, and and how he keeps coming up with ways to keep them interesting. Yeah, love it. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for your time, Amy, and we wish you all the best on your ventures with the Good Foundation and your team for moving into 2018. And we'd, Thank you so much, Marie. I know dietitians are here ready to help and support you, so just let us know what we can do and we'd be more than happy to help out. Well, great. Watch this space and um, if anybody wants to kind of get in contact, they can. They can contact me and probably best to do it through you. I'm not sure how you want to do that. Yeah, but- we can include some details on in our show notes. Yeah, yeah and just um, that would be wonderful, you know. It, it'd be terrific and I think um, I'm, I'm sort of looking at concepts at the moment for, for, for sort of pop-ups or pods that you know we can maybe fit 10 people we can erect you know lovely lovely little places where we can whether it's in in supermarkets or wherever it is so um you know i i said to toby today i wish we were you know chadson in melbourne and we were we were doing you know some fantastic sampling and showing people how to do some christmas stuff we'll get there we'll get there Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for your time just being a couple of days before Christmas as well. So (laughs) it's much appreciated and for your patience with Skype. And we got there in the end. I was was the one with the problem with Skype. You were No, no. (laughs) Thanks again and um, much appreciated. No problem, Marie. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. If you haven't already, we would love for you to check out the other episodes that we have available. We speak to trailblazers, dietitians who are doing amazing work within their practice and their businesses and also those who have really changed and advanced our profession. There's a whole library to choose from. And if you did enjoy the show, it would be so great if you could leave a review for us on iTunes and also uh, to pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends. Thanks again for listening. Bye.